Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. Got to take your soul, you're on your own. The crow flies straight, the perfect line. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live edition of Way In Sports Talk. I am your host, Brian Tarbin. I will be flying solo tonight, but I'm sure we'll have some people call in. And again, welcome to the show. Wednesday night, again, is one of my most favorite shows. It's almost Friday, the weekend's here. And, you know, a lot happens in the sports world from Sunday to Wednesday. So I'm glad we have a show on Sunday night to, to recap the weekend, especially when college football gets gets going in the NFL. But also Wednesday is that day to, to kind of reflect and, and see what happened. And, and a lot has happened in the sports world in the last few days. I mean, Donald Sterling, uh, the commissioner, has ruled him banned for life from the NBA and what does that mean? Ban from the NBA? Just what it says. He cannot attend any game, any function, any practice involving NBA. And, and it sounds difficult when you own a team that you can't even go to the practice. So the next step in this process, if you don't know, is to try to make him force him to sell the team. And what that's going to take is a two-third vote by all NBA owners. To, to vote him out. And once that happens, and it will, uh, it will happen. He will be forced to sell the team and move on. But, again, this guy is worth so much money, it's it's not even funny. This sell is probably his golf money for the rest of the year. Actually, what he'll make, he's a billionaire, guys. He's not going to suffer, but his pride's going to suffer. And I've heard people, actually, since since it came out this weekend, kind of siding for him a little bit more. Not everybody, just a few I've spoken with. And, you know, freedom of speech is in question here. Should he, should he be punished for saying something on a phone? And, you know, in a private conversation that was illegally recorded, I might add, stolen and given to TMZ. But the problem is he owns an NBA franchise, guys. He's the owner. He's around. His, the majority of his team is black. The coach is black. So if it had been just anybody out there that said that, nothing would come of it. But this guy has a lot of influence out in the NBA and and just working for him, being around someone that you thought felt that way about you, that's where the issue comes in. Do I think that a lot of people are jumping all over this? Yes, I do. I honestly do. It is a big deal. But, I mean, let's not have a racial war over something like this in sports. I mean, let them let them handle it. Let the adults handle it. There's no need for a lot of racial tension to start stirring up. So that's my advice to everyone out there. Do not let this be a racial war. Um, any kind of any kind of race, white versus black, black versus white. It doesn't matter. We're all human beings. But the bottom line is, this guy has too much power. He's in a, in a very powerful position. He has a lot of money and a lot of things in the community he does. You cannot keep him as the owner of this team. 
I mean, it's it's just he just has to go. So everybody knows this by now. We're not going to beat a dead horse. We discussed this Sunday night, and I bet anything though. And these these are my thoughts. He's going to be forced to sell the team. He will not do it willingly. He's already stated that. And when he's forced to sell the team, he is going to sue the NBA. Mark my words on this. He was going to sue the NBA, and he's going to win. And the reason I feel this way is because, again, it was a private conversation that was illegally obtained. I mean, the recording was illegal in the state of California. Uh, maybe someone stole it. What they did, that's a crime. But TMZ illegally obtained this information. And I bet he goes after TMZ. I bet he goes after the NBA. And you know what? He's going to win. The piece of crap is going to win, guys. You watch. He's got enough money to to do what he wants and and get the cop. But I guarantee you there's a loophole in here somewhere where the NBA dropped the ball. And let's remember, this was a... This was a very fast decision by Silver, and it had to be the commissioner. It had to be fast, but sometimes before you let the, the dust settle, you make a decision that's that's not correct. And I think somewhere along the line during this this very fast decision, um, something was overlooked. And these lawyers get paid a lot of money, and my co-host Trey Patterson will tell you they will they will find something that will pick it apart. So just be watching for that. Just wanted to mention that to everybody. It's a sad day in the world. I mean, you know, that someone really just feels like that, but it happens. There's a lot of people in the world that are racist. Uh, it's not a surprise. He was a racist before. He was documented. He wouldn't rent his apartments out to uh, Koreans, I believe, and he got sued. He settled, and... The guy's in court more than anybody I've ever heard of, but you, you can't do that this day and age. You can't discriminate against people. And just a quick update in the NBA, Toronto in game five right now. The series is tied to 49-40 over Brooklyn. The winner of this game will be a 3-2, to two, and I really do believe the winner of tonight's game will win this series. And it looks like Toronto, if they can hold on and – and have that home court advantage tonight, they're going to beat Brooklyn. And what an NBA playoffs, might I add. Wow. Uh, also at halftime, or just started the third quarter, 10 minutes left, San Antonio 60, Dallas 54. This is another series that's tied it to. Uh, Dallas is fighting with all they have. Very surprised that Dallas is in this series, tied it to, with a chance they can win tonight on the road in San Antonio. Watch out. Dallas goes back. They could beat San Antonio. And, One thing I've learned about these NBA playoffs is anything can happen. I mean, there's no dominant team out there. Miami, they had an easy road. They they took care of business. Just because they took care of business doesn't mean they're a dominant team. I look at Miami, they have holes. Uh, They're not as strong as the years past, in my opinion. And the record shows, and watching them with the eye test, you can tell. They took care of business. They beat Charlotte 4-0. That's how it should be, guys. A one seed should sweep an eight seed. And speaking of one versus eight, Indiana, my God, if you're an Indiana fan, you're about ready to to jump off a building somewhere. Um, You go to game five in Atlanta, or you you win game four in Atlanta to, to tie it up at two to come back to Indiana 
and you lose. You're down by 30 points in the third period of this game at home to Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks. Come on, Pacers. I mean, this is absurd. You're down 30 points at home to the Atlanta Hawks, a team that shouldn't even be in the playoffs with a losing record. They're making you look silly. And now guess what? Tomorrow night, game six in Atlanta, you're going to get eliminated, Pacers, because you have no clue of how to play team basketball anymore. Get over your selfish selves, play basketball, and be done with it. Come on, this is a joke. The Indiana, and I'm an Atlanta Hawks. I live in Atlanta, and I'm not a, a, a allegiance to any NBA team, but come on, you cannot expect this this to happen like this. The Atlanta Hawks are about to win the series. The eight seed beat the one. Dallas, you know what? They're probably not going to beat San Antonio, but it'll go six. San Antonio will win tonight probably, and they'll turn around and win in Dallas, and it'll be a six-game series. But what I know, you can't predict these games almost. But I can tell you this, Indiana, if you're an Indiana fan out there, you have to be just wondering what happened. And guess what? Somebody's accountable for this. It's going to be the head coach. I'm sorry. The head coach is the one accountable, even though the players are out there laying an egg. Um, the Indiana Pacers are terrible right now. They could probably beat Miami in a seven-game series, but for some reason, they they won't get there. They're, they they just cannot beat the Atlanta Hawks, but excitement in Atlanta tomorrow night, game six. No pressure on the Hawks. I mean, here's the deal. If you win, I mean, you're going to be talked about more than anyone. If you lose... Nobody's going to really care because you weren't you weren't supposed to win anyway. So I hear a lot of Atlanta people. The pressure's on. No, no, the pressure's not on. The pressure's on Indiana is who the pressure's on because if they lose this game, it could be one of the worst collapses in basketball history. You're a number one seed and you and you do this. This is this is just terrible. And let me give you the call in number six four six seven one six five five six four. Like I said, San Antonio's up by seven on Dallas right now, midway through the third. I just don't think San Antonio's gonna gonna lose any more in this series. I could be wrong. And, an, and another one, Houston versus Portland. Uh, Portland's about to end this series tonight. They're up three to one, going back to Houston. Houston's a five point favorite in this game, but don't let that fool you. This it's an overtime waiting to happen. So. Make sure you, you you get a lot of coffee in the morning because you're going to need to stand up for this one. But I do think Portland will probably close this series out. If you're Houston, you got to be wondering, is it even possible to win three in a row against a team right now that's just dominating you? So that will be discussed. Houston, a big disappointment right now to me. I had them winning this series, actually. And again, what do I know? I mean, I, I couldn't predict that every game in the NBA playoffs is going to be going into overtime. But uh, what do I know? And I'm going to go on pause just for one second, guys. All right, I apologize. I had some technical difficulty. I had to mute the... I had to mute everything, so I apologize. I didn't want to play music during the middle of my show. I know we're supposed to, but I did. Six four six seven one six five five six four. If you'd like to call in tonight, and in other series, let's go to them right now. This I was waiting to discuss this because this is uh, 
probably a dagger into Cuervo right now. Cuervo went to the Bulls game, paid $100 to watch his team last night, try to beat Washington. It didn't happen. And I'm, and I'm sorry, Cuervo, that, that you had to pay $100 to watch the Bulls lay an egg at home and drop this series four games to one. The Bulls, great regular season, just didn't have the firepower to make it past another round. They lose last night. And I'm trying to get to my scores. I apologize. And the Bulls, what can you say about them? Except injuries, and, and they just didn't have they, – they scored 69 points in an NBA game. Most teams in the West scored that at the half. The Bulls, though, 15 points in the first, 26 in the second. They exploded. 11 points in the third. The third period, guys, is where you really come out and you – you really dictate how that game's going to actually go. So 11 points to 20 for the Wizards and 17 and 14. It was a very it was a snooze fest in the fourth. Uh, but it, it ended up the, the Wizards, and it could be the Wizards and, and the Hawks playing to see who goes to the Easter Conference Finals. How, how bad is that? Wizards, Hawks, to see who goes and plays the Miami Heat. Uh, it's just a sad day, but I'm, I'm excited for the Wizards. I mean, Walls, he's developing into a great player. He's out of Kentucky, and everybody on the show knows I love Kentucky basketball, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. That could be a, a very entertaining series, but the the big one last night, the Grizzlies, another overtime. I believe this is four overtime games in a row in this series, four straight overtime in a, in a first-round series. The Grizzlies – Beat the Thunder, 199. Was it a questionable call? Crawford needs to, to retire, for God's sakes, but it was. It was a questionable call, but at the end of the day, the Grizzlies went on the road and won that game, up 3-2, to two, heading back to Memphis. If you're an OKC fan, you really have to be ready to jump because you, you put this team together, you traded away Harden, and and you're not going to be able to win an NBA championship with this group. 59 and 23 team, 34 and 7 at home. They can't get over the hump. There's just something about this team. They cannot get over the hump. The Grizzlies have had their number for a while, and all of a sudden the Grizzlies. People underestimate them being an eight or a, or a seven seed. Uh, they underestimate the talent of this team. And remember, Gasol was hurt for a majority of the season. They're healthy now. And, man, they are making some noise in the in the playoffs right now. They're going to beat the Thunder probably. And I'm excited to see what happens in this one. I believe it's tomorrow night, that game, game six. Can the Thunder go on the road and and win? That's the big question. They're going to have to win. All they have to do is win in Memphis, and all they have to do is come back home and take care of business. Can they do that? that that's up to the listeners out there. I'd like your opinion because I really – I know they can – but I just don't think they will. Memphis is playing a very physical series with them. And even if OKC gets out of this, how are they going to have anything left to finish it? But the only good news for them is everyone in the West is is in a dogfight right now. You look at you look at San Antonio and Dallas where they're at 2-2, and, and you look at Houston and, and Portland. If Houston can somehow pull one out tonight, then you're going to have a lot of interesting things happen. So, Anything can happen in the NBA playoffs, and I'm here to tell you this is the best by far NBA playoff round I've ever seen. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm counting that uh, semifinals, Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals, anything. 
this to me is by far the best I've ever witnessed. And it's not just one series or two. It's all of them besides Miami. But I'm very excited to to be able to talk about NBA basketball because the bottom line is this is a football sports show here. We love basketball. We love everything, really, in a way besides hockey. And, and we don't talk that as much. Our listeners are not focused on hockey, but, I mean, it's good when we can come in this time of year and actually discuss some NBA with you. So if you're in the studio right now wanting to get in, and there's several, press number one, and I'll get you in. But I'm trying to log back in. We have Block Talk Radio is just so amazing um, with the way they they do their feature shows like this. It never works properly some nights. Sunday nights have been the worst, but now it's trickled on into Wednesday night. But you know what? I don't slow down. I do not slow down just because of my computer and because of the studio. We're going to keep running our mouths. We're going to keep talking sports. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. People will start calling in. We'll start digging into the topics. But, again, the Chicago Bulls, Cuervo's Bulls, go down in the playoffs 4-1. to one. Am I shocked? No. Am I surprised? Yes. But one thing right now, I mean, Toronto is on a big-time run of 57-44, almost half. I mean, they're they're on the on tilt right now. Ooh, man, what a game! Toronto's going to take a commanding three to two lead if they can hold up in this one, and all they have to do is win one more. Brooklyn's a team that I just don't trust them. Everybody talks about they're the team that can beat the Heat. Can you imagine? Looking at the East right now, like I said, Washington and Atlanta could possibly play, and I'm missing someone else in the East. Miami, who would they play? Um, okay, it would be Toronto. It would be Miami and Toronto maybe versus the Hawks or the Wizards. So it looks like to me the Miami Heat are, are getting a, a very easy ride into these playoffs. I mean, how lucky can you be if you're the Miami Heat right now? I mean, you, you could actually not even lose a game in these playoffs and be rested by the Western Conf- or for the finals. And the West, the way they're going, they're going to beat each other up so bad. And um, at the buzzer, Toronto hits a half-court three-point shot by Lowry to go up 62-44. to 44. You know it's going right when you end the half with a half-court bank shot. That's very nice. Let's go over that again. It wasn't half-court all the way. It was a three-pointer. And he banked it in. So he didn't call it, and they ought to not count it. That's just my opinion. So we're going to move off basketball. We're going to move off the NBA, but we just want you to let you know we will be talking more about it. The the deeper it goes into the playoffs, the more in-depth we'll go. But it's just very hard for an hour, hour and a half show to really go into detail too much when you got all this other fun stuff going on. And uh, the story of the day the story of the day I want to talk about, famous Jameis Winston. I mean, I thought it was a joke when I first saw it. I saw a picture of him with some, uh, what was that he had? Um, he had some seafood with a Heisman Trophy. And I, I just don't get it, guys. This guy, Winston, shoplifting crab legs. Now, I didn't know if that was true, if that was what. Then we did some digging in it and we saw it. Yes, he went into Publix. He walked in and he said this. He said, I had the, the, on my mind was going to buy dinner for the night at Publix. And he just walks out with some crab legs. 
So the police come to his house. He's probably eating the crab legs, got his butter, he's got everything set up right. And they come in, he's eating his crab legs. And he said he forgot to pay. Um, dog ate my homework kind of story here. Uh, you're a Heisman Trophy winning national championship quarterback that allegedly raped a girl. And you're going to go into Publix and you're going to steal crab legs. Okay, does that does that make sense to anybody? I'm not joking now. If you're listening and you haven't heard this, please don't think it's a joke because it's not. I wish it was a joke, but famous Jameis um, in the media again, in the news, and again, it's not good. And this reminds me, he reminds me a lot of Jay, or, uh, Johnny Manziel, the above-the-law kind of attitude he has. Um, and I heard this was not the first time this has happened allegedly, and also there's a BB gun incident where he's shooting windows out of houses. Um, that's still being looked at. I'm sure the Tallahassee Police Department will do their diligence, right? Don't you believe that? Don't you think Florida State Police Department will do the job? I don't. But we look at this story, and, and I know it's $32 in, in, uh, in, in seafood he stole from Publix. And, you know, when I was in college... I didn't have the money to go to somewhere like Publix. I'd be going to Taco Bell, getting a 99-cent something, or I'd be eating ramen noodles, eating Spam, something. But to to be to go into Publix, and he said he, his mind was on buying dinner, but he stole it. And one thing I have a, I have a big problem with is is someone who steals it. They're capable of anything, and my mom always told me that a liar and a thief, you really have to watch them, and I, I just don't understand. I'm sure the people at Publix would have given him this, knowing who he is, and if he had asked for it, if he was broke or something, but do you, are you telling me that the Heisman winning trophy winner, Heisman trophy winner, national championship quarterback is broke? Really? You don't think these boosters take care of these guys? I think he loves to go in and actually do something like this for a rush, the thrill of actually doing it. I just don't get it, guys. But, you know, the NFL draft's coming up next year for this kid. And he's he just killing himself right now. And if you don't agree with me, call in 646-716-5564. The NFL draft next year, he should be the first, should be, the first player taken in the draft, but looking at his antics, I mean, this is a guy that's telling you, he's telling Jimbo Fisher right now, you won't do anything to me. Even though the baseball team suspended Winston today, Jimbo Fisher will not do anything. I can promise you that. He's never, I don't remember him ever suspending anybody of any relevance. And I'm not on here to bash him or Florida State, but I'm, I'm just saying, what, when is enough enough? When are you going to get the warning signs, Jimbo Fisher, that this kid is crying out for help? Uh, he's acting out. You need to, Florida State, you're obligated to make sure that this guy does everything, you do everything in your power to make sure he's held accountable and he develops into a young man. Uh, trust me, you'd rather have that than winning these ball games because at the end of the day, they're probably going to come back and bite you in the butt anyway and be stripped away from you. At least you can do the right thing now and quit waiting. That's a problem with football. That's the problem with these coaches. They're too soft on these players. 
And I'm not just talking about Florida State. I'm talking about other schools, too. I mean, these athletes think they're above the law. And the longer we sit here and tolerate it, the longer the coaches do and the fans accept it. I mean, all these Florida State fans are out here, most of them all. That's nothing. If I was a, if I was a Florida State fan, I would be totally embarrassed of this situation. That My leader of the team is, is stealing crab legs out of Publix. I mean, did he steal the butter, too? I mean, that's the question I need to know. But, I mean, you look at it, you're sending a message to the entire Florida State football team that your leader is above the law and we're not going to touch you. Leave it to the baseball coach to do what was right. And until he he does his, what, 20 hours of community service, I believe, and he pays back the $32, he's suspended. I mean, this is a he's 16 appearances. He's a 1.5 ERA, a 1.1-0 record. I mean, he's a... He's a big part of the, the Florida State baseball team. And guess what? They, they told him to, to sit out, and he's suspended just like anybody else would be. But when will Florida State get the message, guys? That's the question here. Is it going to be – I mean, you got to remember, he allegedly raped a girl, and there's going to be a civil suit on this where the Tallahassee Police Department dropped the entire ball. They could care less, it seems like, about what goes on in that town if you're a football player. But, I mean, I know this is minor. I mean, stealing is not minor, excuse me. But, I mean, this is not – he didn't go rob a bank. He didn't kill anybody. But the writings on the wall, Florida State, and the re- and you can't see this. Is, that's what I don't understand, how you cannot make an example of this kid. You know, you, you should have run Coker off, or at least you would have some safety there. But he's gone now. You have Winston or you have nothing. Could you imagine week one comes? Jimbo does the right thing. The guy's suspended, and he doesn't play against Oklahoma State. That's why Winston is not going to be suspended from football. If they opened up with what they usually open up with is Alcorn State or someone or, you know, someone like that, then Winston would be suspended probably. They would maybe do something then, but Jimbo doesn't have the stones. And I'm I'm telling you this, Jimbo, if you're listening or if anybody can tell him, you you do not have the stones to suspend this kid. Um, you should. You owe it to this kid, his parents, whatever, to try to make him walk a line and, and become a young man. I know you're not his daddy, uh, Jimbo, but but you're a father figure when you're a head coach in football. I'm sorry. That is your job. And I'm surprised we don't have uh, as many callers in here. If you're in the studio right now, and you are, hit number one if you'd like to get in and talk about your opinions on Jameis Winston in Florida State. But... I mean, how many little things is it going to – I mean, I'm, I shouldn't even – I feel bad for saying little things. Stealing is not little. And and people bring up Cam Newton and the laptop and everything. Yeah, he bought a stolen laptop. He threw it out the window when the police came. He did. But I don't remember anything else that ever happened. But one issue I have is Winston blamed it on being young. Now, that really infuriated me. And if you can tell my tone tonight is is pretty passionate about this stuff because own your mistakes. Look, it's not a mistake. You meant to do it. Own it. Move on with it. That's your life. But don't come here and tell me and blame it on being a kid. That's the excuse the media will use for you. That's the excuse everybody in your life on a day-to-day basis for the, all of your entire life is done for you. They made excuses for you. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not overlooking this. 
Jameis Winston. I know you could probably care less, but this show will not sit here and tolerate you to make an excuse that you're young. Is why you went in and stole crab legs at Publix. Like, come on, every time I say that, I want to laugh. But, I mean, it's it's just it's terrible that we live in a society today because he's great at football and he's a Heisman Trophy winner and he won a national championship that things get swept under the rug. Maybe this will be an example for him. Maybe someone can reach out to him. He can get suspended. The baseball coach, for God's sake, is at least trying, uh, trying his best to do something to – to, to turn this kid around, but baseball is not going to be enough. Football is the is the king in, in the world right now. I mean, in his world, baseball's good. He loves baseball, but suspending him from football would really send a message to him. And I'm still interested to see what comes out in this rape, if he did. I don't know if he did, but I do blame the Tallahassee Police Department for uh, not doing their job on this. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Winston, I, I don't know what you did, but there was a, something covered up, something deleted, something not being followed, the protocol. So we're going to find that out one day. The truth will come out. And we'll see what happens. But any callers tonight, 646-716-5564. Uh, great night for Sports Talk Radio. A lot has happened in the sports world. The SEC conference has voted to go to an eight games to stay at an eight game schedule instead of a nine game schedule. That's big news. I think Saban's the only one that voted the nine games, and I see his point. He wants to be able to keep Tennessee on the year to year, every year playing that rival, but also his players to experience other places in the East, so that they're not just locked into you know to the same school every year. And I get that. I respect Saban for. But, you know, it's tougher to play nine games, and, and Saban was fighting for something that was going to be tougher. But you, you got to think that, that Saban was probably looking out into the future, not only for recruiting to kind of help people, but also when that final four comes and they're looking at resumes of teams, uh, playing that ninth SEC game could really boost some of these teams up or it could crush them, though. But I think he's looking at the strength of schedule in the future. But one thing that did come out of it, that every team in 2000, I think starting 2015 or 2016, I can't remember, they have to schedule a team from a major BCS conference. And I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of Auburn, Indiana, Alabama versus, you know, some smaller schools, Colorado and things like that. So, I mean, there is... People think, oh, their strength of schedule is going way up. No, not really. I mean, you can you can make it to where you, you play the bottom feeders of these BCS conferences and, and get by with it. So we'll see which teams really are serious about it. I know Les Miles was not happy at all. He He's very outspoken about it. He didn't like being able to having to play Florida every year like he does. And, and he mentioned Auburn in it, saying Auburn has a tough time having to play Georgia every year like that as well. So it's tough. I mean, when when you're when you get to play Kentucky, is that then you know you can you can't really say anything. But Les Miles does have kind of a beef playing in the western side of the SEC. You have, LSU has to play Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss every year, and then guess what? They got to play Florida on the east side, and Florida is usually one of the strongest teams up there. So Les Miles, I, I see your point. That come on, don't don't cry. It makes you look weak. Just don't cry about it. It's it's not fair 
But if you're the best team in the country, you'll be able to survive that. You should beat Florida anyway. That's just that's just my thoughts. If you're a national championship caliber team, you should be able to take care of Florida. But you're not going to win a championship every year. You know, I, I'm an Auburn fan, and looking at Georgia every year, it's a tough game every season. They play us tough. We play them tough. But the thing is, that's a rival game. The fans want to see it. You can't end rival games like that. And that's the oldest rivalry in the South. And we're always going to have Alabama. We're in the same division. That game will never go away. So we have that. And it's a lot going on in college football. The committee is talking about releasing their plan, actually, to how they're going to how they're going to choose teams. I believe October 28th will be the first week of the rankings for the for the committee. So unlike the polls, AP in college, where they they come out preseason and they update it every week. I, I do respect the committee for waiting two months, really. They have the whole month of September and October, some of August, before they start ranking the teams, which is good because some pollsters get in there and they vote a team up at number one or two or three, and as long as that team's winning, whether they look like garbage or not, they're beating cream puffs, they're going to keep these guys up in that ranking. Well, the good thing about the committee you got two months to see what a team's like. They, by then, they've gotten deep into their conference. You know what a team is after two months. You don't know what a team is after two weeks. So kudos to them. But I'm wondering how flexible they're going to be. I mean, if they if after two months a team's on the borderline and then they burst into the end, how are they going to how are they going to reward them? How are they going to rank them? Will they give them a chance? So it's going to be interesting. I think with this. With this committee, you'll not see any smaller teams get in. This is all BCS conferences. It's going to be a true four-team playoff, and it's going to be probably three conference champions, and there's going to be a wild card. And so the wild card will probably come from the SEC, if I had to guess, and you're going to have a Big Ten representative, Pac-12, and ACC. Maybe I mean, it could just depend on the strength of the teams in there, but Florida State runs the table again, they'll be there. Ohio State runs the table, they'll be there. Any BCS team that runs the table is going to be there. But what would be funny is if you had the Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, Big 10, and SEC all go undefeated and you have five teams, which one's not going to go? That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Uh, Eight-team playoff, I've never been for it, but I think eight teams could solve any kind of issue you would have out there and it wouldn't dilute the game as much the regular season. So I'm excited about that to see how that, how that scopes out. But the committee is going to have a lot of pressure on them. These guys are going to be harassed. They're going to be talked about. And one difference is the BCS comes out usually in the past. They came out on Sunday nights and did their rankings. Well, this they're going to do it on Tuesday, which is going to kind of bleed into the week a little bit and kind of make people talk about it, anticipate it, so you, you have all weekend to talk about it. You have Sunday, Monday, and then all up to Tuesday night to talk about it. Then after that, guess what? Football starts again Thursday night. So a lot of football is going to be coming up. And we're only, what, three months, four months away. We have to go through May. Tomorrow's May 1st. So we got to make it through May, June, July, August. The dog days of summer, we're there. So we're getting close to college football. And nobody's ever happy. Somebody's going to be unhappy 
with the process, who gets picked, how it does. But I'm wondering this committee, the bias, how much bias is going to be in this. You have Big Ten people in it. You have SEC. It's just the egos in the room are going to be huge. You're going to have some lobbying going on. And can these guys be bribed? That's one thing. I didn't really like knowing the committee at first because, I mean, these people could be bought off. You never know. Money talks in this country, and if somebody wants a team to be voted in, they can make it happen. Um, but going to the – getting off college football just a minute, going to the NFL draft, A.J. McCarron was on ESPN this week. I think it was yesterday. And he was he was stating that he would be drafted between 16th and 35th in the NFL draft. And, I don't know if, if that could be even happening. That would be a third third overall pick in the second round or anywhere in the first round. And I, I just I think he's going to be a, a good quarterback for the NFL in the years to come. But I do not think a team's going to reach for him that high. Uh, I just don't. This quarter, the quarterbacks, there's, there's four that are being talked about a lot. I think Aaron Murray and A.J. McCarron are those quarterbacks that the that can be drafted late second, third round, fourth round even maybe, and, and add some value to some teams later on down the road. I, I don't think you draft a quarterback in the first round, really, unless you're you're planning on starting them, honestly. I, I just don't see that happening. I don't know what y'all think, but if you'd like to call in 646-716-5564, the longer I talk, the, the shorter this show is going to go. So I need people, if you want to call in, to call in if you want to keep hearing this show because you do a show by yourself. You seem to talk too much. You know, you talk, you you go faster than you normally would when you have two, three, four people on giving their opinions. You don't have anybody to feed off of. So I'm sitting here feeding off myself. And if you'd like to call in, I would love to have you, 646-716-5564. But the NFL draft is next Thursday. It's starting. We're a week away from the NFL draft. It seems like forever ago we've been waiting for this to, you know, to finally get here. I think they should move this back to early April, end of March or something for the NFL draft. I just think too much time goes by. You have a lot of time to second-guess yourself. You hear all, I mean, how many times can you see an analy- I mean, analysis on a quarterback? But now I know A.J. McCarron better than Saban did and, and Aaron Murray. But, I mean, the, the truth's going to be told. If you haven't seen Draft Day at the movies, you need to go see it with Kevin Costner, an amazing film. Uh, you have to go see it before the draft. That'll get you in the mood. I'd like to go see it again just before it starts just to get my hunger up. And just started this this second half right now. Toronto's about to go up by 20, 66 to 46 if they hit this free throw. On Brooklyn, I don't think Toronto's going to blow a 20-point lead at home. Maybe y'all do. I don't. They're up 20-66-46 right now with 11 minutes left in the third. A lot of time left in the NBA, but that's a big lead right now on the road to overcome. And we'll, we'll I'll hit you the highlights, anything that happens in this game. If it gets closer, I'll let you know. But if you don't hear anything else, just know that Toronto's taking care of business and, and they're winning these games. Uh, back to college football before we go to the draft real quick. Uh, James Franklin is a coach. He coached at Vanderbilt, if, if you don't know. 
and I've never had anything good to say about him, really. And a lot of people were like, Brian, why do you not like Franklin? Look at what he's doing at Vanderbilt. And I'm just, I've never been impressed with him. It's just, just call, call it me that I just had a gut feeling something about him I didn't like. He rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe it was his arrogance. Maybe it was I could see he was a fraud. And looking at Franklin, he went to Vanderbilt. And, and you know, he did what all other coaches do. He he pushes the envelope a little bit. He tries some borderline tactics, I'd say, that he uses in recruiting. I mean, you have to do all you can do at Vanderbilt or you're not going to be able to win football games. So he did that. But he did he did cross some lines. And, and one of them happened where, you know, he got 15 girls. Tried, he got one girl called her together, one of 15 girls, beautiful women, he said, to get together and to recruit some of these kids and host them. And I think that happens at a lot of colleges, of course. But he does, he does this, and one of the girls gets raped. And, you know, Penn State hires him. And, you know, going back to the Vanderbilt case where the girl got raped, uh, four guys, there was some evidence destroyed is what the prosecution saying. And... I don't know if Franklin did it. I have no idea. But something got erased, some some surveillance footage from the, the parking lot, I believe. And who has power enough to be able to get that? That's the question I want you to ask yourself. Because if you if you look at videotape and surveillance, to be able to get that, you have to be very powerful. You have to be willing to break the law. So to me, I mean, I would think it would something was covered up there. But Penn State, I'd like to slap them upside the head after what happened with, with Sandusky and Joe Paterno, and now all of a sudden they bring this guy in knowing what was going on at Penn or at Vanderbilt. They bring another guy in that is capable of bringing a program down. So if you're out there right now and, and you have anything to say about this, please give me a call because I'm, I'm looking like a genius right now with the way I felt about James Franklin. And I'm not a hater or anything, and he's never done anything to me, but it's just his personality. It's just something I noticed. Welcome to Jason Humphrey in the chat room. He says, go Blazers, so I'm sure he'll be up late tonight watching his Blazers. Hopefully, close out the Rockets tonight. Everybody thinks Houston's going to win, but and I don't know where Houston's head is right now. Down three games to one in this series, Portland just looks like, to me, they look like the better team. They look more athletic. They look better coached. I don't know. They, they're the surprise, one of them in the, in the, in the playoffs right now, like Washington, and they, they really surprised me. Portland, it's not a surprise they're winning. It's just the, it's the way they're doing it. I mean, they're beating a very good Houston team, but with a very overrated James Harden, though, I have to say that. I've never been a big fan of James Harden and – He's overpaid. He's a he's a reckless player. He can fire up a bunch of shots and score some points, but that doesn't mean he's ready for the playoffs. And I remember in the regular season how he went to the line every time he'd drive, but that's when teams don't play defense. That's regular seasons where teams just beat you because they're better, or sometimes you may get them. But these are the playoffs. Every shot is contested. Every series, every every time you touch the ball matters, and that's why I like the playoffs. It's it's a it's very physical. Teams play with emotion. They play with passion. But back to James Franklin, real quick. Just wanted to shout out to Jason Humphrey, our 
our fan of the year for weigh-in sports in 2013. So everybody congratulate Jason, Jason if you get a chance to. But James Franklin to me is just somebody I never liked. And something's going to come out with this Vanderbilt stuff. And, and you know what? He's accountable for it because you, you're having these innocent girls come out and, and help you recruit to get these guys. What kind of character... Before you had turned, say if it was your daughter, would you turn some guys loose with your daughter that you really didn't know? The only thing you know about them is you looked on rivals and you saw they had four or five stars by their name. So you want to give them the royal treatment, just like every school does. But you're turning these kids that you have no idea about. And Vanderbilt doesn't recruit thugs. They don't recruit people that that can't make the grades. or They, they usually recruit clean-cut people that that actually have 4.0 grade point averages. Well, now in order to win football games, you have to have talent. And so he went he went fishing. He took a chance, and guess what? It landed a big investigation on the Vanderbilt program under his watch. And you have to know the character of somebody before you turn them loose with with these young ladies like this. And and I know people could disagree with me, and that's fine. But I've never liked the guy. I have no use for him. And it just angers me to see Penn State hired him. And uh very sad day right now. In the in the NFL draft, we know that they're still up for grabs right now. Who's going to go number one? And I still think it's Clowney. I uh, never went off of that. I don't, I don't see a player in this draft that's capable of going number one overall except for Clowney. I'm sorry. I know people say he's lazy. I know people say he doesn't try. He's not that good. He's a freak. And if you do not take him number one in your Houston, you're insane. If you do not take Clowney, I better read that Houston traded their pick. They traded down to get more draft picks because you have to remember, Houston was a playoff team the year before. They were projected by a lot to go to the Super Bowl last year. They had a lot of injuries. Some things happened. And, and you know, it just didn't work out for them. So now that they don't need desperate moves. They don't need they don't need clowny. What they need is say, some draft picks and stuff to, to shore up some positions that they may want to adjust. Now you you look at Cleveland and teams like that, they need someone like a clowny. They need that, that pick right now. They need somebody to come in and, and change their whole whole franchise and have that franchise player. But they're not smart enough to do that. I do think Greg Robinson's going to go second. We'll break down the draft probably next Wednesday night before it all gets started. We'll probably do a draft show next Thursday night and go live in the draft. So in sports right now, I'm just making sure I'm touching everything I wanted to. We talked about James Franklin, Winston, the draft, the playoffs, and Donald Sterling. Nobody, everybody's in the studio tonight. Nobody wants to hit number one. I understand you're probably doing something, but thanks for listening and calling in anyway. Um, but Sunday night we'll be back on, and hopefully we can review a lot of stuff. Hopefully a lot of good things will happen in the sports world because um, there's just a lot going on right now. Off season is a time when the NFL and college is out. When there we have this break, that's when you start seeing these stories break. Things happen, but one thing I did forget to talk about when we were talking about uh, Donald Sterling is the Redskins guy come back out again, talking about now is the time to to remove the the name Redskins out of the name. The NBA stood up. This has nothing to do 
with a name for the Washington Redskins people. Go back down in your holes and let these NBA owners do what they do best, and that's manage their teams and do anything. And if this was something that was going to be changed, it would have already been changed. It's been going over and over again. The owner of Washington does not want to change it. It's not going to be changed. So I just wanted to bring that out there. I know a lot of people, I read an article on ESPN today about that where they're calling for that to be removed now, and I don't think it, it will until the owner leaves and maybe he maybe he, he puts it in the stipulation the name has to stay the same. But also Oprah Winfrey is mulling over uh, buying the Clippers now. I don't know what y'all think about Oprah owning an NBA franchise, but I also heard Floyd Mayweather wanted to do it. But I don't think they allow gambling addicts to own NBA, for, NBA teams. I, I think that's a stipulation in the contract. So Mayweather, you're not going to be able to buy an NBA team. Sorry, there'd be more fixed games in the NBA than you'd ever see if Mayweather was involved. You think Pete Rose had a gambling problem? Just wait till Mayweather came out and owned an NBA team. Biggest scandal in history if he if he was able to land an NBA franchise. But Sunday night, 8:30 p.m. Eastern, we'll be back on. I want to thank y'all for listening. If you missed us, catch us in the archives. Uh, the archive numbers have been good lately. Uh, I know right now during this time of year, football's slow. We don't have the callers as, as many as we do during football season. But come on in sometime. Call us. We'd love to, to hear from you. Follow us at, on Twitter at Way in Sports. We have a Facebook, actually, Way in Sports page. And we also have a, a message or a, a discussion group, Way in Sports Talk. So, so go find that group. Ask to join it. I'll approve you. And we have some good conversations in there. We keep it clean. It's about sports. It's not about trash talking and vulgar pictures like a lot of the groups are. And one of the main things I wanted to talk about that the other night I didn't mention because I don't know why I didn't. I think I was so flustered with all the problems we were having on the show. But our dear listener, Sonia Minson, right now is in the hospital here in Atlanta. Going, She's been sick for a while. Uh, she doesn't know what's wrong with her, so she's in the hospital. She demanded they admit her, and they, they will not let her go until until she actually gets finds out what's going on with her. So I want everybody out there to keep her in your prayers and make sure you say a prayer for uh, Sonia Minson and Jason Minson because even though Sonia's in the hospital, the, being a man, I know Jason Minson is, is, is going crazy right now not being able to to know what's going on with his wife. So our prayers are with Jason and Sonia, and hopefully everything's going to be okay. I know Sonia, she's a fighter. There's there's nothing that that can hold her down, really. So 8.30 Sunday night, please join us. Hold on, we have a quick call real quick. Is this Jason Humphrey? Yes, sir, it is. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good to get in the ready for game five. Man, game game five, Jason. Did you ever did, did you ever think Portland would be at three to one after four games? No, I I I didn't think. And and you look at it, we'll lose ball away from being a sweep. You know, that loose ball in the game three goes Portland's way. It's a sweep. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, why is Portland able to play this type of basketball right now? I mean, I know people said watch out for Portland and Houston, Jason, when it started, but 
I really don't think people gave Portland any kind of credit. Really, really, still, still flying under the radar, in my opinion. Why is that? I, I think Portland's an unknown of being up here in the, the Northwest. No one watches our games. Everybody's figuring out Audrey's right now, and Lola is a stud at the point guard. Um, I told my father this. Houston right now is offensively confused. Game two, they went down to hide in the first half. Big first half. Second half, they didn't go to it. Next game, they want to be a three-point shooter. They don't know what they're doing on offense. They thought this was going to be in the walk in the park. Now they're down 3-1 looking, looking for answers. And, and I'll tell you, Scott Rich, Mikhail, Vogel, don't be surprised if at least two out of three is looking for another job. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Indiana, I mean, do you, do you blame the Indiana Pacers coach, Vogel, for for the Pacers' collapse right now? It, it just seems like they, they get it going one day, and then the next night, you know, game, what was it, game five, they turned around yeah. and laid an egg at home, down 30 in the third. That was a chance for them to take a stranglehold in this series, Jason, yeah. if, and they laid, and they laid if, an egg. Yeah, if, if you're the coach, it's your job to take control of the team. And right now, they they don't know what's up. Yeah, they they they've said all season. Yeah, number one is seed. Number one is seed. We're gonna get the one seed. Now they have it, and they're laying an egg. Yeah, this season was supposed to be finals and butts. Get their home court. We're going into the finals, and right now, they're three two hole. Doesn't look good. So, yeah. Tell me about OKC, Jason. I mean, OKC is are they capable of coming down from being down three to two to win this series? I, I don't know if they can they can make it past Memphis tomorrow night. I mean, that's going to be tough. Why is Oklahoma City struggling so much? Because Durant's not touching the ball. It's getting less than the twenty shots. You got thirteen the other night. Your, your best player has to touch the ball in the playoffs. Bottom line, and that Durant's not touching the ball. So, yeah, I agree that's, that. that's well, my Jason, opinion on OKC. So. Well, Jason, man, I appreciate you joining me. Enjoy your Blazers game tonight, buddy. I hope you all win. I think you will. And uh, yep. come back Sunday night, and we'll, we'll talk some NBA playoffs, buddy. Yeah, for sure, buddy. Have a good night, buddy. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jason. Jason, before yeah. you go, yeah. what do you think of what do you what do you think about Winston and, and Florida State stealing uh, crab legs out of Publix? What are your thoughts on that? Since you're a college football I, fan, I think it's I think it's a bonehead move. It, it really is. Oh, I forgot to pay for them. Really, you're the Heisman <laughs> Trophy. You saw Johnny Mizell. Every move was recorded, and and this kid. You guys took up the Heisman pressure. And why not? That's just a bonehead move. Yeah. Has anybody so, heard so of Don Marcus Florida? No one has. No, so, so, so Jason, if if Winston had the good year this season, so you think he's out of the Heisman race now because of his because of the alleged rape and, and now because of this? Well, it depends about everybody else too. If it's a strong Heisman race, I think he's out of it. But if it's a weak Heisman, like last year was sort of because Mayota fell off, 
or, or whatnot. So it, it really depends. Everybody thought Johnny Manziel was out of the Heisman race last off season, but he was in the thick of it before LSU. So. All right. Well, Jason, thanks for the thanks for the comments and everything. Join us Sunday night, bud. Again, enjoy your Blazers tonight. Go Blazers. All right, go Blazers. Bye-bye. All the Blazers!